Before we start today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, which is a podcaster's best friend. Trust me when I tell you this. Zencaster is like the Shopify for podcasters. It's all you need to get up and running as a podcaster. And the best thing about Zencaster is that you get so much stuff for free. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link: zen.ai/founderthesis. That's zen.ai/founderthesis. एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं Hi, I am Akshay. Hi, this is Saurabh and you are listening to the Founder Thesis podcast. We meet some of the most celebrated startup founders in the country and we want to learn how to build a unicorn. Hi, I am uh, Madan Somasundram, co-founder of uh, Sugarfit. Did you know that India is home to almost 80 million diabetics, putting us second in ranking in the world? and with the kind of sedentary lifestyle that we now lead this number is only going to explode and this is the problem that sugarfit is targeting sugarfit is a health tech startup that uses a combination of data science and habit science to help people fight diabetes madan the co-founder of sugarfit was educated in the west but excited by the pace of disruption in india decided to build something here This conversation is full of amazing insights around disrupting healthcare, building habits, changing user behavior and creating impact at scale. Here's Madan talking about his entrepreneurial journey starting with his first venture which was in the space of primary healthcare within Curefit. If you like to hear stories of founders then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses just search for the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify Ghana Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show After I went back to my last year I graduated and I was uh, then just packed my bags as soon as I graduated and moved to India and I, there was no plan of Cure fit or anything, and I actually spent three months just talking to tons of people. Um, I put up base first in Bombay, and just met lots of people across all cities. Like I was very clear, I wanted to do something in health, uh, healthcare, deep healthcare, partly because I just felt this massive potential to impact millions of people. They obviously, if you create the right business, there's good outcome you can create, but also have very mission-driven business. um and three again just technology will play a huge part right going forward so i think those were the fundamental reasons so yeah so i spent two three months i was just at one point i was close to narrowing in on something in healthcare more on the diagnostic side and again at that time mukesh um, and i was speaking and he's like we are also looking at building out something in the primary care space so carefit why don't you join hands um and come and let's work on it together so and actually also personally invested uh, quite a bit of capital to and and owned care and built carefit uh, along with curefit as well so that's how it uh, it started um and it's been a great journey i think fundamentally uh, it's been just great learning right in at some level i didn't know india i was very early to understanding uh, yes i had all this theoretical knowledge i had all this education but obviously building a business in a different country is very different and probably the right way would have, is what i had done was to start somewhere understand what happens how the lay of the land is meet lot of people so i think the amount of learning was incredible like i would understand this better so 
Carefit was like a subsidiary of Curefit and in which you were a co-founder, like you put in your own money in it also. And But it it probably would have been largely funded by Curefit and uh, like the majority stake would have been with Curefit. You were like a, a entrepreneur in residence kind of a... Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, it was uh, it was the one vertical which we did that. Um, and the whole idea was how can you really build out, uh, again, we just thought primary care was... Uh, uh, was just an open space. There was just large amount of, in India, it's at some level a broken system, you know, the wait time, uh, the lack of technology, the um, kind of some level lack of quality or transparency, you know, whether you go to a lab or a doctor. So how can we really go out and build that out, right? So that was the whole remit of, of building out here. And we thought eventually at longer term, it makes sense to build this out. And there's no way you take a 20 25 year view even that long term or 15 year view that they won't be some very large business right it's, now you see many businesses in the us right one medical go forward some in china as well so it's a matter of time still it till it comes here right so how do you really build that out so what was what was the business model like so in a way practo is also into primary care you could say but but their model is to aggregate doctors and maybe digitize patient records. Uh, so what was the model for uh, CareFit? So obviously, yeah, I think we were very clear that we wanted to always build a hybrid online offline solution. So we were probably the first way where we actually went out and built primary care clinics, but wholly differentiated centers. So I don't think you'd find any of that in India, even in Europe, right? In fact, a lot of people came to the health center. So the whole idea was we actually, because we felt in India still the offline touch point for primary care is still very important. At that time also, telemedicine was not allowed. There was a lot of restrictions on it. Obviously, COVID changes. So we ended up going and building about eight or nine centers, primary care centers, which were highly tech-enabled centers, which was but full stack. It had doctors, your labs, your pharmacy, various other procedure services. Um, and the whole experience was pretty much tech enabled. You book an appointment, say at 10 through the app, you go there, there is no wait time. Your consultation, if it's at 10, will happen at 10. Uh, your full body checkup, which we did, which we completely disrupted, right? A full body checkup in India will take half a day. We used to do it in 60 minutes, you're in and out, right? Uh, so it was a, and everything on your app, right? Reports immediately come to it. Uh, you know which room you have to go to. So it was how do we really bring this whole element of family doctor? So you're in one place, one center, your experience is just amazing. So you would never think. And so we obviously went ahead and built it out, right? We actually launched it around 2018, mid-2018 and uh, in Bangalore only. We wanted to start in Bangalore. And the idea was let's get to a few hundred centers across the country. And then eventually, once telemedicine is allowed, we wanted to attack both hybrid online, offline. We wanted to attack chronic care. Um, so we built it out and great learning, right? We were we started off with center, which was a 10,000 square feet center. We had doctors hired, a staff of nurses, uh, practitioners hired, pharmacy labs. We built our own in-house lab because we wanted to be fully vertically integrated and understand the business end to end, you know, go the hard way. We didn't want to go aggregate doctors. Um, and um, so we started it then and um, just, it was obviously a great experience. One, understanding how to work with doctors in India, how easy is it to get doctors into a place? How, how tough is it to have those conversations? They have obviously doctors given experience with various platforms are still very skeptical, right? So, 
how do you really build that entire business and how do you make it work right on paper it sounds utopian like you know everything on your mobile app it, it, i mean it's something i would have loved to have as my primary physician replacement uh, but did it pan out that way in reality or were there like real world challenges which you discovered when you started implementing this vision like like what were the obstacles you encountered no no see a lot of us heard before even before we went to it we would always hear you know primary care centers in india don't work it's tough to get the doctors um we face tons of challenges right as with any business in healthcare i think the biggest business is doctor is still important how do you attract the right doctor how do you retain them how do you make sure the right monetary scheme how do you make the right money in primary care right with consult diagnostics how, how do you basically make this whole center offline business model work right because if it's one off ticket items it's not easy right but we fundamentally felt that see the whole system at some level and i still believe healthcare in india is it's it's at some level amazing right for the population kind of just the service delivery the cost the level of technology in ipd is incredible you don't even get that in the us you wait 2 3 months but at some level the whole experience from a consumer standpoint is fairly broken right the average wait time today at a hospital or clinic is 80 minutes uh you just go there you wait the experience you don't even want to go to a clinic it's it's not pleasing you go for a checkup and your whole day is taken so we fundamentally felt that we will figure out the business model do consumers need it and if consumers need something and they are willing to pay and there is they see value in it there's absolutely a massive business you can build and uh, we do you you're right in this seem illogical at some level but i mean a lot of people talk more yeah you talk <laughs> No, no, I'm not saying illogical. No, no, don't. Get, I'm saying, I mean, it, it sounds uh, amazing. Okay, that's that, that's the word for it. Too good to be true. Okay, I, I mean, I would have loved to have this, but did it pan out this way, or did, what were the stumbles? Like, why, why, why isn't it all over the country? Why isn't there like, why isn't everyone going to a cure fit? So basically, see, there's a bunch of challenges we face. Right, again, making sure the business model works. How do, like I told you, doctor, but. if i were to judge in a year year and a half uh, when it was march 2020 2020 there about eight centers a uh, couple of centers which were larger in hsr indranagar working very well the biggest way i judge it for a one year business or one and a half it was loved by consumers uh, we had this rating scale of 4 it was 3.85 the highest rated it was more higher rated than cult 70 plus nps for a healthcare brand which was just not heard of right so people loved it people absolutely loved it we would hear stories where people would come out of different cities just to get the health check up there and we were obviously thinking of other services i think there were a few other the problem with offline we stumbled with is also real estate so important the cost right so location becomes very important now with high rental how do you make the whole thing work but we felt we had got into what was working and our whole plan was let's move it from eight centers and now scale it right once it works but at that time obviously covid hit us uh, or covid hit very badly and entire offline pretty much shut right and also curefit had huge offline footprint be through their fitness centers be through kitchens and this and uh, i think for sake of caution this was obviously at that time the smallest business right the early business and today we still feel we should have had it but um, it was i think being prudent with cash and we didn't know how long the pandemic would hold 
we had taken a call in many instances to close all offline right because of so it was purely covid but we were growing 40 50% month on month at that time ratings were very high um and we see now a couple of players have seen that previous model and looking at it but do i think if you take another say 5 6 of you is there a possibility i don't know it's a different life or different time do i absolutely think it will work it will happen and someone will do it here maybe at some level it could be a combination of us i don't know but uh, customers loved it and it's very very tough i mean as you know for a for a customer to love a b2c product and that was actually the true testament uh but obviously of course external factors also hit if if covid didn't happen i mean i hope i am sure it could have been multiple cities right now so you're saying fundamentally it worked but external circumstances kind of spoiled the party yeah see it worked in the sense that there was still a lot of things for us to figure out right but that's with any startup i think there's things to figure out on business model how do you scale it in what's the right format how do you get the right mix is it a franchise do you get doctors to invest it was just from pure customer love i have no doubt like every one eight or nine people out of 10 who came there just loved it and would keep repeating i think our repeat rate was 70% or so of someone who would come so yeah absolutely it worked and obviously then external factors kind of mitigated some of what did you do then i mean essentially the business you were running which you had equity in kind of like it got shut down yeah we decided to obviously move the offline bit but obviously at that time what happened is we then obviously pivoted at that time then the whole telemedicine was allowed and we basically pivoted fully to digital right and uh within a couple of weeks to three weeks we completely changed and more for our customers right people who were because uh, we had all the tech all all of it so we pivoted to doing uh teleconsult telemedicine across the country at home diagnostic uh, so various other solutions that we gave but it was at this point where there was a lot of obviously debate on what we wanted to do right the overlying overlying ambition was still how do we really build uh, obviously digital health company i think at that point also a few months into the pandemic we saw pandemic is here to stay and it was also right for curefit to really focus on fitness first and really win that market and dominate entirely which they're doing but there was obviously for me and and i think it was very clear um i just still felt healthcare is just a massive opportunity there's something to be done. and did, while doing all this care right if you had taken a 3 4 year view our actual ambition was to really solve through physical and online chronic care actually because obviously we had one off consult checkups but we really thought the business is to be in subscription business and chronic care was always a massive space right um so it was in that time where fundamentally believe that there is no right time there and at that point they had a lot of news you know across the world where a lot of chronic care startups just were doing extremely well in the us you know who were at it and i would follow them very religiously libongo mada verta and we felt that in india there is no world in which i fundamentally believe that they won't be one or two very very large businesses solving for chronic conditions because india is unfortunately the capital of chronic conditions right 160 million diabetics and pre diabetic hundreds of millions of people who have hypertension so it was in this point we thought okay offline is done and i wanted to still do health what is the real problem in health we wanted to tackle and i looked at looked at everything i looked at everything right across the spectrum we obviously had significant ip capabilities that we had built we could reuse and really go to market quickly and or build a full stack solution so try to understand every player that's doing everything in the us and india and we felt 
really if you take a long term the problem to really solve in india is chronic condition because there is no world in which this is sustainable right because 10 20% growth of chronic conditions can't be sustainable there has to be solution but again it came to actually that we felt that the whole system today is broken people are not solving for outcomes in chronic care people are just doing transactional based services and saying how do i just one off whether it's i'm a doctor you know help people like manage their condition but not really deliver outcome so it was that time in which i'm very decided to very much focus on building a chronic care solution and obviously there's various solutions right you can do diabetes hypertension but we really felt that let's really deeply solve for one condition first let's really understand it and build a stellar solution there and if you build that then you can go across chronic conditions later right and the second real belief we felt that for most chronic conditions lifestyle plays 70 80% of the role lifestyle management right and which is where we understood also very fully um, so can we combine all of that you know to really solve for people to build outcomes and that's when we decided uh, we want to build this and we also decided we will build it up very separately as a company because obviously the dna and that was a core learning right building a medical business near a fitness business like today is very different and tough right because the way you attract customers you go to market the brand story you build is very different so from about mid uh, from about september uh, 2020 2020 built an entire team and uh, started building this solution was this within that same legal entity or did you like resign from there and start a new venture like yeah so no it's actually like a separate legal entity it's a separate legal entity at that time obviously at that time we were doing all of the pocs today it's a completely separate company independent company with uh, venture capital funding uh, and we were very clear i think it was very clear we wanted to build it out uh, separately um, a lot of the team that we built obviously or the team that we have today that we've managed to bring on board also includes few people from curefit as well who also believed in this solution who wanted to build this out um but again it was a move where you felt that could have obviously built various other business at curefit but i fundamentally believe there's just a massive solution here massive outcome uh and i think uh, i think there was strong belief even within uh, especially mukesh i mean he's also been real believer in chronic care uh, as well so but i was very clear we had to build it out separately separate team and and decided to go out how did you fund it then because this would have needed significant investment in technology upfront yeah so as part of obviously i think our relationship understanding right we get lot of, we've got a lot of ip tech a lot of the systems we built at care could be reused which we've reused uh, also curefit i think early on uh, given i think relationship also committed money right and as you see one of our investors also curefit Uh, and we got other investors so i don't think so we managed to get early on i think once we figured out the product figured out the solution uh we bought all of that uh, kind of in place um but it is uh, today now yeah so it was basically the genesis then right knowing that there is just i don't know no world in which i don't believe there's a massive solution you can build uh, and i don't know i don't think i think our ambitions go outside india as well maybe right one day because uh, 90% of a person who needs to manage diabetes is the same right so can we really build that out separately um, and obviously at that time there was a lot of questions right a lot of questions uh, a lot of people again asking why do you want to go build this out again do it separately uh, and do it just kind of build out cf but i think it was very clear i think just 
life again fundamentally my real passion is to build something very big in healthcare right and and uh, and i don't think there's a bigger problem statement uh, than to build this right i think it's also very mission oriented to try get people you know better lives healthier lives um so we were very clear from day one i think the entire team as well we wanted to build a full stack solution really drive outcomes we didn't want to build any sort of aggregation tool for healthcare or any sort of you know things that will obviously you can scale quickly but we wanted to see how do we like really tackle this solution and that's how uh, we we went about it so you had the idea that okay let's tackle diabetes you are not from a medical background so how did you build uh, something which gave medical outcomes like how how did you bring in that expertise i actually think actually just the rule in life i feel is um, I, i i don't th- i think everyone can learn any industry if they just at some level read and i actually think having outside perspective is the best i think many people who are bogged in an industry will always try to question or not do stuff because they think it can't happen uh, and i fundamentally believe that um, expertise you can get expertise there are great people you can hire you can partner with to really understand right uh, and so for me on the outset it was just simple we felt is there a massive problem yes is there is there actually a solution available and have we seen it happen in silos we've had we've absolutely seen people doctors coaches in our network show massive outcomes for people right in their own way but in a fragmented way so is there an opportunity to build a full stack solution and help it scale to millions of people to see outcome yes now uh, once we realize that and then we try to understand how are different players tackling it outside in india in india it was still very early right no real player scale what are technologies you can use and we also wanted to build a very technology first company or product first company because we think that's the only way you scale to hit millions of people right uh, and we wanted to do digital first because obviously different from primary care is diabetes can be managed most of it it's we are not tackling type 1 or we are not tackling very chronic cases so once we understood that we've also had a fundamental belief and this was a dna i learned from chirfit uh, is get the right domain experts and from day one as soon as we decided we always hire or get the right domain expert to help us you know with the real domain expertise uh, so we got people who've been i mean uh, today our medical director and various other people you know that some of the most senior endocrinologists in the country or and uh, and presidents of societies who've helped like build the health shape it right to really see what are outcomes what are people saying um and once we i think had an overall structure in place understood we then really ran a lot of pilot studies so it was very much grounds up it was a let's just quickly launch something we actually took a lot of time to understand pilot see what users want and then did it but a long winded answer to say no we had experts but uh, i i fundamentally yes don't didn't have any experience in healthcare the only little experience i had was in banking i would do some case stuff but otherwise not so tell me from a biology perspective what what was the solution you know what was the problem that you wanted to target what outcome did you want to deliver and how did you go about delivering that outcome so we wanted to solve a simple uh, at some level um, is can we really arrest can we really help reverse chronic metabolic disorder and this again a very long term problem statement is because of the rise in chronic conditions in it what is a chronic metabolic disorder yeah what what i define is you know any conditions like diabetes hypertension or many diseases the real issue is there's a metabolic disorder there is a some imbalance in your metabolic state right it is not at some level a real 
medical condition which requires surgery or anything. And there was enough science, but there is now emerging science that a lot of that has to do with lifestyle habits. A lot of that has to do with excess kind of um, uh, carbs, uh, insulin resistance, which I'll talk to you about. So a lot of those issues, which basically means it's more than just a dietary disorder than anything like being a medical disorder, right? In in the world before, in the 70s, 80s, there was fewer than 10, 20 million people who had diabetes, right? It was only in the 80s or 90s that this skyrocketed. Uh, and you must know that uh, that was came in conjunction with, you know, the whole high uh, high fructose considerable kind of state then, people promoting um, carbs over fat, fast food, and now it's 450 million people, right? But if it was always chronic disorder, I, I believe decades ago it would have been the same, right? So, so we said, how can we do that? Now, after we do that, after we said that, we said, but let's just tackle one problem, like I said, and we said diabetes. And so when we understood, we there's two, I mean, there's obviously different types of diabetes, but two most common ones are type 1 and type 2. Uh, type 1 affects about 5 to 7% of the Indian population, but most of it is type 2. And, and type 1 is basically uh, almost like juvenile. You generally get it when you're young. It's when your pancreatic cells, your beta cells in your pancreas are broken or destroyed. So there is not, you can't produce any insulin. So the only basically, and as you know, as soon as uh, you eat food, uh, kind of uh, blood enters into your system and kind of, uh, you know, your glucose is meant to help transport this into various organs in the body, right? Uh, but if you're type 1, you're not able to produce any insulin, right? Because uh, you are uh, basically, your beta cells are destroyed. And this usually happens very early on. So it's called like almost a juvenile diabetes. So that can't be solved. That the only solution is you keep taking external diet. But we learned and we knew that type 2, which affects most people, is obviously in many uh, points manageable and reversible for a huge amount of people. Because in type 2, the real root cause we are trying to solve is insulin resistance, which means that there is still, your beta cells are still functioning, but they're not functioning to the level uh, it should because when you uh, when you your basically excess kind of food gets uh, deposited as fats in your liver pancreas so there is excess fat in all of these organs so what happens is when your pancreas produces insulin it creates this whole uh, kind of uh, system of insulin resistance because it produces insulin there's excess fat in those organs so insulin doesn't enter so the reflex mechanism is to produce more insulin so it's hyperinsulinemia so which creates this whole effect of insulin resistance, right? And that is the real root cause, right, of type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. Pre-diabetes is an early stage. What are the symptoms of type 2 diabetes? Like, how does it manifest as a disease? Like? Yeah, yeah, I think very many symptoms. I think it really depends. But I think the most common ones uh, people see is, I think one is obviously, if you go through a test, is elevated sugar levels. But it's basically you have various symptoms from um, some uh, fatigue, uh, many people have a significant weight gain. So 70%, they say, of people who are obese are more disposed to diabetes, so obesity. You have, you feel more thirsty. There's frequent urination. Uh, you have this real, real mood swings because your energy levels spike due to in response to your glucose spike so variable. When you eat food, your sugar levels really shoot up. Then they uh, face a sudden drop. So you go through these real cycles, right? But many people for years, interestingly, don't know it or ignore it. People don't even realize. They say one in today, six or seven people in India are diabetic, but most are not even aware, right? 
and we know aware itself is close to 100 million type 2 uh, if you take a three four year view um, so these are obviously the symptoms but I don't know if it's you, but pretty much everyone I talk to knows someone in their family or friend or relative who's diabetic or type 2 diabetic. And so it's so, so common. But the unfortunate thing is people in India world over have thought that if you have type 2 diabetes, it's fine. I live with it. And the first course of treatment that people are given is medication. And generally, it just becomes a case where lifelong uh, the doctor just tells you to take medi either increases the dose, increases the number, or eventually as it keeps getting worse, maybe puts you on insulin. Um, and obviously there's so many associated complications with diabetes, but people generally feel that it's fine. I'm diabetic. I'll take medicine. I'll have a sweet, then take a medicine. Uh, so you're really treating kind of the symptom, but not the cause. And why? And, and what medicine does is it treats the symptoms there and then. I eat breakfast. I know my sugar level will spike, so let me have a pill. So then at least my sugar spikes are okay. So I don't face this reduction in productivity, energy levels, all of that. But that is never really a long-term solution. Or see, and for some reason, for something, many people go on to their 70s, 80s, then have kind of, um, then they kind of okay. They're like, I'd rather take medicine and be okay. But I've had cases also in my family, my uncle, who's unfortunately even... Uh, loss of eyesight due to diabetes, right? Because it can keep getting this worse. The moment you have medicines, go to insulin. Eventually, diabetes is probably the leading cause of today deaths in India. It's the leading cause of kidney disease, retinopathy, um, pancreatic issues, uh, heart issues. But people that once they get to 70, 80, they say they suffer something. But the real thing leading up to all of this is diabetes, right? And Medicate, no, no, medi at least to my belief, and I'm not a scientist or medical expert, but I know if you take medicines two, three times a day, it can't be healthy, whatever. How is it detected that you have diabetes? Is it a sugar test? Yeah, the actual test is a sugar test. So it's the main test people do is a HbA1c, a three-month average uh, sugar level test, which is called a HbA1c. Uh, and if you're above 6.5% on that test, you're type 2 diabetes. Between 5.7 to 6.4, you're pre-diabetic. And you're really disposed. And most lately, I don't know, 70% pre-diabetic become diabetic. Um, and of course, you're on medication. So the core is that people also take a fasting blood sugar test. So in your fasting state, what are your sugar levels? But the actual probably world over test that everyone sees is the A1C test. So we were saying, how can we really help people um, who feel that now their life has become, you know, just medication and they'll live this life. Uh, uh, how can I? How can we help these people to almost have a new lease of life, right? Because I don't know if you've talked to a lot of diabetic people. While they take these medications, they really struggle with energy levels. They really struggle with productivity. People are, I think, at the back of their mind. And and while we build this product, we did so much of consumer research, talk to face to face to so many people to understand emotionally how do they feel, right? Because that is the real crux of also trying to solve it. So how do we, how do they really feel? And we know people are just not happy while they may not say. We also realize many people just hate talking about it. People just don't want to talk about the fact they're diabetic because they feel they're stigmatized at some level. So we thought, how can we really, uh, we, so we tried, how can we help people manage it better? And we know that uh, there's lots of books now and, and one of the pioneers in this insulin resistance is James Fango. And a lot of people who feel that really it's a dietary disorder, diabetes is. And um, how can we really solve through a combination of technology, human coaching, 
uh, and data to help people reverse type 2 diabetes and manage it better, which means we want to help people get off medication. We want to help people normalize their sugar levels and go to, you know, our internal driving purpose is to enable people live a normal life. That's really what we wanted to do because normalcy is underrated. Um, and we know with the right kind of elements, right, if people make the right dietary choices, right uh, lifestyle choices, they can. But it's very easy said and done, just go to a coach. But how do you really understand every human's metabolism is very different. And that's some of the technology we've built, right? Understanding how your blood sugar levels spike. We have this real-time continuous glucose monitor. Um, and really give people a new lease of life because... There are some amazing doctors in India and we work with some of the best ones there, right? But in many cases, and today it's a problem we face is, unfortunately in the system, there is also a case where um, obviously uh, some doctors have an incentive to prescribe medicines, have an incentive to, you know, prescribe that. So, and consumers don't know much for it, right? And if, if a doctor prescribes a medicine in India, I will take it. But we know that for many of this, you don't need medications, you don't. So, and some of the results we've seen are fascinating people who are 10, 20 years on insulin off it, right? So that was kind of the solution we were trying to be able to combine at the crux of it technology where we can really understand your data, understand your individual metabolic state, what foods work for you and not because each human's uh, metabolism is different. Different foods react differently for me or you. And how do we then combine it with the right lifestyle advice and coaching? And at the core of, you know, if today people ask, what are you really solving for? Uh, obviously, all the technology is sexy and uh, understanding data is, is great. But the real product we have built is really trying to solve for human motivation and habit formation. Because at some level, people know who are diabetic, what do I need to do? You don't, it's a, it's, I can easily say, stop medicines, do this and that. But we know human adherence to motivation or keeping them engaged or keeping them sticking to a new habit is very tough. So everything else we do, every product we build is to really solve. This was the number one pain point we understood. The number one user gap we wanted to solve is habits and motivation. Um, and around, we built the entire ecosystem, a solution to just solve for this one thing. Because if we felt we could get into the minds of a user to get them motivated to what we say and get them stick to what we do, they will see results. What is the core solution here? Is it calorie restriction? Habit formation towards what end? To get people to reduce calorific intake? Or what is it that uh, that reverses diabetes? I wouldn't say it's as simple as calorie restriction because there's also now enough science that suggests that, you know, I mean, the traditional way in in, uh, in the world has been if you eat less calories and uh, work out more, then you'll burn kind of uh, fat and, and carbs. But realistically, no, right? Because uh, I think there's still a significant amount of people who are type 2 diabetes who actually have perfect BMIs, who for them, they don't need weight loss, right? Um, so we, for us, it's not a question of calorie restriction. Yes, weight loss plays a huge part, given people are obese, weight loss plays a huge part in helping people uh, reverse diabetes. But we know that in Indian context, just calorie restriction won't work. So we are actually trying to solve, um, our, our real solution basically starts with what we call is a continuous glucose monitor, right? So we use this, a continuous glucose monitoring technology. This is a patch which is placed at the back of your arm and it gives you a sugar level reading every 15 minutes. This is actually the biggest game changer, actually, I would say in diabetes management because it's actually the first time ever, and this is USFD approved, it came there about a few years ago, but the first time where you, 
every user has a real insight into how different foods and lifestyle habits impact their blood glucose levels. We, we all this time had data on output. How many steps do I do? What kind of calories? But how do I really know what food works for me and not? A rice may work for me, but not work for you. A pizza may work for me, not for you. That is the gold mine of information. So we start with this technology called CJM, where we really know how does each type of food or lifestyle habit impact that individual and see the real impact on their sugar levels. We then combine this with medical experts. So every plan has a coach and a doctor who are giving personalized coaching for them on one nutrition, on two fitness, and three mental health. These are the three cornerstones, right? Because we think precision nutrition is very important, which we do through obviously at the CGM and all of it. We also go very deep on fitness because anything we want to sustainably reverse diabetes. You can always do restricted carbs, but we know that will bounce back. How do you get people out of their movement inertia and get working? And the third core element is really to solve for um, kind of mental health because there is now science that uh, most people who are diabetic have very elevated uh, cortisol levels because of stress. So a real solution tackling these three and all of this is done through the empathetic coaching. So people who understand your data on the back end then give you the right plan for each of these. And how do you make sure people adhere to this on an ongoing basis? And obviously, how, how the whole coaching happens, how the advice is given through real biometric feedback. We get 1,300 data points from CGM. Our program also includes blood testing. So there's someone who goes to your house four times a year to understand your blood parameters. We have full integration. What is that CGM? It's a continuous glucose monitor, that technology. Yeah. Uh, so so that technology, we have people who go uh, to get all your tests at home four times a year. We know all your fitness data. How are you working out? So at the back end, our technology is working to understand each and every bit of our parameters. We will be able to predict, for instance, how will your heart rate be going forward? Because there is now using your HRV data, using your step data, you can also almost non-invasively predict your sugar level. So we'll be able to know when is the next kind of time coming for this guy where he'll feel like he needs to have something, right? So it is calorie restriction is something very small part of it. It is actually a very, we think to really solve it, you need a full stack solution to solve it sustainably. Now, if you want results in one or two months and we have no program for one or two months, you can always, for a small number of people, go on a crazy diet, a keto diet. So but one of our core building philosophy is not to do any drastic diets, not to do any fat diets. So no one in our program is actually assigned. It's very precision treatment for each individual. The way to reverse diabetes is getting rid of fat in the body or is it more complex than that? Uh, I hope it was that simple. There's actually also two types of fat, subcontagious fat and visceral fat. What you really need to get out is visceral fat, right? Uh, which is the excess fat. And what is the difference between these two? Yeah, the visceral fat is all the fat deposits. Like subcontagious fat, you can also see it on the outside. Sometimes aesthetically we feel it's, it's uh, bad for us, but it's actually not harmful fat. The real harmful fat for you is your uh, fat in your pancreas, in your liver, uh, that excess fat deposits, which is making sure that insulin is not working because the insulin is not able to penetrate, move the glucose in the blood, uh, move the glucose from the blood to the different cells or uh, organs in the body, right? That is the core issue to solve. How do you remove that excess fat over there? Um, for people who also don't have that excess fat, the human body is complex, but at some level is very simple, right? 
if you are if you are to ask me what is the simplistic solution a layman can do is try an E to L, and this I think for a general health E to L kind of workout and and kind of get your mental health in right. But if it was that simple, it would be great. But how do you really push people to do it, and how do you understand their body so they are so they realize it? So, but in a nutshell, is to get rid of visceral fat in your in your organ. What is the diet plan geared towards? Is it high protein, low carbs, or what? In fact, we don't have a specific thing that, we, and that's actually I would say the level of personalization we go to. I would say, see, we don't have anything. We don't do any keto diet. We don't say high protein, low fat. We actually, what we what we believe in is a carb control, portion appropriate in meals. That's I would say our guiding philosophy. Our so our philosophy is eighty ninety percent of whatever someone eats at home, they should because. If we give them any drastic diet, we know they'll follow it for one or two weeks, or one or two months, and then they'll drop back. So we say that what we tell people is things around what to eat. So we may tell replace maida with wheat because we know exactly how does it work for the body. We'll tell you when to eat. So with the CGM data, we know, for instance, uh, we'll, some people who eat on nine or ten, it impacts their sugar level much worse off than at seven. So we won't tell them stop rice or eat cauliflower rice. We'll tell this. Or how much to eat. We'll then portion appropriate rather than four chapatis we'll start with three but all of this is by making small habit changes that's what i was saying earlier they're very very you won't notice every day a user is given one or two interventions do this many steps and some of it may seem very simple but we are really solving for the habit loop um, and you know like this atomic habit look i don't know explain but really solving for small habit change because once these come it you'll easily follow it right and sustainably move it how do you build habits in people? Uh, did that book, Atomic Habits, give you some guidelines to follow? Or? I'm a big, big believer in that book. In fact, we talk to a lot of people about Atomic Habits, you know, Tiny Habits. Uh, there's various, obviously, books we read. Atomic Habits is something we drew a lot of inspiration from. But, you know, in human reality, is the right, right? Every one of us has this various few craving um, kind of responses. Um, so what we are trying to solve with habits is how do we get people to get rid of many bad habits and make small incremental good habits. Uh, so we don't want people to, which again goes to our philosophy, do drastic diet changes, do anything drastic because that would help. And our program, when people buy the type 2 plan, it's only one program. You buy a 12-month plan. Because most people, and how it's broken down to is the first three or four weeks, we just understand your body. We get all the data. We know how your sugar levels spike at night. We get all your testing data. Then the next three months is focused a lot on bringing down your sugar levels, controlling the core. A lot of people see big changes in their sugar levels. But most people who have diabetes have other comorbid conditions, right? So the next three to four months is to solving the long-term issues on those other core metabolic issues, right? Um, And then eventually get people to learn what they want to do. But uh, how habits are done is, it's a bit tough to explain, but if you actually see when, when someone buys the plan, they actually get our platform, our mobile app. You can't download it if you're not a user. But just the way what we've done is try to take inspiration from Atomic Habits, but bring it in a presentable right way to the user. Obviously, we get all this data, so a user knows we know what was going Someone who's not read Atomic Habits, like, can you tell me what are those, what is the guiding philosophy of habit building? The guiding philosophy is just small habit changes and do it over a longer period of time. So, we would actually, once we analyze a user and we see that, uh, say, say we know this user in five months to reverse diabetes needs to start walking 10,000 steps. We know that if he's doing zero or 500 steps, there's no way it's happening immediately. 
I think previously, if you go to a trainer, they would say start getting on immediately. But we know that something sustainable, we'll start in the first week just saying do a thousand uh, steps a day and do it after this, do a thousand steps, then slowly, incrementally increase it. I know it sounds very simple, but how we kind of show him how his streaks happen, how is he seeing progress? Because with all of these habits, people also need to see results. If they don't see results, they'll drop off. So they'll see as they start doing thousand steps, as they start adding some almonds before a meal, they'll actually see weight reduction and various other changes, right? Because Throughout the program, we also have them measure their sugar level. So every week, we try and get one, you know, physical, clinical, mental, or social change, right, for them. Um, they can be very other small habits, right? Uh, we won't, like, through the CGM data, there's very interesting data. Uh, you, If you have, say, a, a pizza or a beer, your sugar level spikes very immediately. But we actually tell people have some high-nutrient food like walnuts or almonds before it, and it reduces one of the core advice we give, for instance, is we tell people, um, again, this way will be very personalized, but after a meal, for most diabetics, their sugar levels spike. So doing 15, 20, 30 minute walk right after, and today 70, 80% of our users do it, they see no sugar spike. And the real thing about habits is, at least this is the rule of thumb, you do something for 21 days, it automatically becomes a habit, right? Because today we wake up, we know we have to go to brush. Now, how do I make sure that we tell these guys, associate a habit with what you're doing? So we know that similar, you wake up, you say, I have to have a brush. So we tell people, you've had food, now you really need to have a walk. Like those are kind of the connections we'll form with habits. And that's obviously what atomic habits also comes to. But those are really the habits trying to be formed. So you're saying build connections and slow incremental uh, changes. These are like the, the two. Because it's very simple, right? Yeah, because you have... All of us will have your cue, right? When they say cue craving. So your cue, for instance, what Atomic Habit is saying is, for instance, your cue is, uh, I, I wake up. So you know the next thing you do is brush. You associate one event with the next. Now, how can we associate those events? And again, it's good habits. It can't be bad habits. So if I associate now eating and post-eating lunch, I associate it with a walk. It almost becomes a dead tone for me that now for the next few months, I will do it. I will pick a place where I can eat food and do it. But it's not easy, right? It's not easy in practice. So how do you bring it alive on a platform for you? How do you make the coach encourage you to do it? How do they also see results within? So it almost becomes deadpan for them, right? So we want to bring those interconnections and that's a huge element of it. We also don't want to stop people because in an Indian context, people, there's so many festivals, things. We don't want people to go on a Diwali and stop sweet. We know it won't. But we want them to say, when is the right time you can eat it? And say, you've done these things today. You need rewards. That's part of the habit loop. You need cheat days. You need rewards. So we also make sure there's certain reward days for users, right? When they still won't see results. So we that's how we are trying to really kind of solve this issue. How do you, I mean, you know, so like you're saying that it is highly customized for each person. The diet recommendation will vary. Um, it, it's a very knowledge-heavy kind of a thing uh, and uh, how do you institutionalize that knowledge base i mean this this sounds like you would need a very very massive library of knowledge where you could um, and you also need some sort of a way for the software to suggest to a coach that okay this is what you should recommend so so how do you like get this knowledge base institutionalized and i'm sure this is like a continuous process and probably it's still happening but tell me about that 
Yeah, it's absolutely a continuous process, but I think we've had some benefit at some level. You know, most of us built or, uh, as I told you earlier, you know, with CureFit have very good already existing information data or, you know, a whole IP or technology we've built with care, right? But realistically, you know, actually what people or consumers see is kind of the coach and the plan, but that is actually the beauty of the technology we've built, kind of all the AI on the back end, which is analyzing each and every data point. So with the CGM device, the continuous data monitor, we get glucose monitor, we get 1300 data points over a period of 14 days. There is zero intervention today from a coach or user. We actually have predictive food scores. Obviously, this is the whole data science engine we've built or team we've built. Um, and that, that data is today, we are able to correlate each and every type of uh, macronutrient to food and how will it uh, impact it for that user. That for us is actually at some level the easier part because you know it's it enables us to scale because it's uh, as you get data points and we'll keep improving you know uh, these data points will essentially help you tell the patient what not to eat right because if you see that whenever people eat a certain type of food the sugar level spikes up so then your system will tell you okay these are like red flag foods so to say yeah and and not only that right and tomorrow we'll know that because of our database of one lakh or so foods tomorrow if we know that say a pizza has very similar nutrient content to a pasta, the system will flag that given the macro and micronutrients for that food, this will definitely impact your sugar level the same way, right? Uh, but that is so obviously this huge amount of data science we're doing. We're like churning lots of data, which is very important. Um, but to your point, um, today we have a lot of also the whole kind of meal templatization. How do we, you know, really suggest the right things accurately for the user? So. That is the element of deep tech, right? I mean, uh, so on on the outside, it may seem like there's a coach and there's some users, but the real, I think, secret sauce in this is how do you combine all of that data and analytics? How do you present it to a coach? How do you present it to a user? How do you provide outcome, right? Now, on the back end, there are yeah, tons of processes going on for us to understand every user, uh, but that is all done today internally. So, but say stuff like giving a diet plan, um, and uh, giving an exercise plan and telling them what, uh, you know, so giving those kind of recommendations, uh, is it, uh, is that information institutionalized that you just need a high empathy person to come in and the system will tell him, okay, this is what you should recommend? Or do you need people with domain expertise to come in and be coaches? Uh, as of now, where are you at? No, I would say it's a mix. I think now you also need domain. I mean, we'll always have domain expertise because we think, also for a user they need to have one is not only suggesting but who can answer the questions be with them throughout right but we eventually also want to make the life of that coach easier right because at some level even today for a doctor it's very easy right because most of the doctors at some level if you see in india will prescribe the same 20 medicines for a fever or this right so it's quite easy to templatize that once you understand so similarly right depending on the user their parameters for fitness is actually extremely easy and we have a proprietary algorithm for that um, so I think it's a mix where we do obviously provide the right suggestions for the coach, but true personalization or empathy also comes with the coach being there and being able to override and do certain things. Do your coaches need to be domain experts in uh, diet and fitness or do they need to be domain experts in habit building? Uh, in the sense that what is the focus of the coach? I, yeah, I think the core focus today is uh, diet and nutrition, or I would say fitness, everything. Every one of our coach goes through, we have actually this really comprehensive training program, right? See, there, there is no real, I think, 
habit building is an element of two things in fact all of our coaches are not only upskilled on diet nutrition but very deeply actually on uh, mental health mental health is one of the core things people are done because habit building fitness all of it uh, i mean the mind of a diabetic is very different so they are also very upskilled on mental health what to do how to handle situations domain expertise helps in diet because a core aspect obviously of this is the foods you eat but after that that's probably only 50% after that is how do you interact but for each of them no coach will just come through the system without that training um and we will keep evolving it right we may have a mix tomorrow of people where uh, we'll be able to bucket which users need more of diet which users need more of fitness so that will be an ever evolving process uh, today most are nutritionists and what is the training they go through like is it your own course all in house we are full stack vertically integrated see for us we think just consumer in car experience outcomes all of that is very important so i think uh, training is uh, kind of done i guess uh, the real path to scale would probably be being at a position where anybody can become a coach once they undergo the training i mean you don't need people who have too much of subject knowledge but you probably need people who have empathy you hire for empathy and the rest of it the system takes care of it you know in the sense that giving recommendations and uh, what are red flag items or what are good to eat items and all of that happens through the system and probably they do still need to know the language and hence they undergo training but the only thing they need coming in is empathy i think a mix yes akshay see at some level i think our product is still dealing with you still need domain expertise and see past to scale i don't see any issue right there are uh, fortunately enough in india thousands of people who've done the msc nutrition a few 15 the double digit thousands of done bsc because why i'm saying empathy alone won't be enough is it is at some level a, a, a medical disorder too right so these coaches will also need diabetes experts also need to know diabetes specific medications you don't know how each different user escalates uh, the the dosage the hypoglycemic event still requires that right so it it won't be as easy for us to get a fresher who's well spoken to really do it but scale and getting coaches will not be an issue but obviously how do you protocolize everything how do you make sure it's just so seamless for a user and i hope that's what we've cracked and that's in our dna right to build uh, but you will still need fair amount of good domain expertise right? but also with every every um, every plan a user gets there's also a doctor to help manage it but we want to make sure also coaches are equipped to handle those situations so uh, tell me about the customer journey like when a customers uh, like starting from where where a lead is generated say somebody fills up a form on your website so what's the journey yeah so i mean a customer generally today uh, once they form a lead or or they buy a plan right um, many buy either directly they can uh, is it a personalized sales process or is it pure online checkout uh, you can buy directly from the website or you can kind of have a, someone assist you in the sales um but once you buy it uh, you just basically download uh, our app and uh, the whole process starts actually as soon as because pre purchase you already put in your address and everything and once you buy you actually have this really cool smart kit that gets delivered to your house in a couple of days uh, which includes all the integrated devices you get a continuous glucose monitor uh, and then you get glucometer strips and lenses it's all packaged in a sugar fit box what about fitness trackers like what we do is we integrate with fitness trackers so we have all that data and we see that most of our users today have that data whether it's fitness devices or google fit apple fit um 
uh, and most don't want additional extra and it's more money type. What is the pricing? So I think yeah, on average, I see people generally for a year, it's anywhere from about 25,000 to 30,000 a year, roughly, is, is the price. And is it paid uh, lump sum or uh, like installments or what? Generally lump sum. Generally upfront lump sum. Uh, and it includes all of this. So first your welcome kit and devices get delivered. You then get this onboarding call from a health coach, right? Who welcomes you to the program, talks about the program, what to expect. Uh, then you can actually on the platform book your diagnostic test. You just schedule what time you want to come, what date and time. And a phlebotomist comes to your house, takes a comprehensive blood and urine test. Uh, after that, then you basically have your, the same phlebotomist also installs your CGM device, you know. So there's also someone who will come installs it and activates it. Install it as in, do you remove it when you're sleeping? No, no, it's 24 hours, up, for, up to 14 days. You can shower with it, you can play with it, you can do whatever you want. Um, and it's a USFD approved, right? So it's uh, no issue. Here. So it's almost like a band-aid strip, something like that. Like obviously bigger in size, but something like that. It's just a coin-shaped, coin-shaped device actually. So not even that big. Literally, I think a one rupee coin. And the contact is with the skin only, like there's no... Yeah, yeah. How is it measuring sugar without drawing blood? It picks interstitial fluid. So interstitial fluid it doesn't mean you need to go and prick, prick the blood like of a glucometer. But that itself is um, gives you kind of blood glucose value. The 14 days you're saying that's like the battery life, like after 14 days it needs to be charged. Yeah, that's, that's the device life actually, yeah. So, and with 14 days, we have just enough reading for us to correlate and do everything we want to. Uh, sorry, 14 days is battery life or device life? No, no, device life. There's no battery. It's just one device. It gets installed into your place and the life of the device is available. Exactly. Obviously, people later, if they want to avail, they can avail. Uh, but I mean, with one, we, we have all the data we need to kind of correlate, do everything we want for you. So that one 14-day reading is enough for you to then do the personalization. Exactly. Because we know 80-90% of what you eat, how your trends are, how your macro micronutrients react, exercise. Um, so, and then obviously, like I said, the, the person comes, takes all your tests. Uh, then within 24 hours or so, your lab reports come. They come to you and then you just need to schedule a call with the doctor. And the doctor basically understands your history, uh, and then understands kind of all your lab reports. And then basically, now on a daily basis, the coach is monitoring you. Obviously, the CGM is installed, so we're getting all the real-time data. We're seeing how how is your sugar level moving at night, in the morning. And we some super cool insights, right? We notice many people who are taking night medication don't need it because their sugars never spike. So on this 14 days, obviously, the coach is talking to you, understanding your data, seeing if there are any spikes. When do you go to hypo, hyper? Because those are the worst episodes for a, for a person who's diabetic, right? Hypoglycemia is where your sugar levels just drastically drop. And that can be at some level quite catastrophic. You can faint or you can kind of believe. So if you have a real drop. Hyper is, um, is where, so when it goes very high, yeah, when it spikes very high, you know, in the two, three hundred. Many people actually suffer from hypo. And what happens in case of hyper? Like hypo, you can get a blackout. And in case of hyper? Hyper is the same, right? It's just elevated sugar level. So you can start feeling dizzy. You can start feeling, you know, all sorts of jittery. Um, but, but with all of this, then we realize that um, we understand your data. So all this is coming. The coach is guiding you throughout, you know, the time uh, to see what's working, what's not. Um, and then in this 14 days, 
is when then also the plantation starts. Every day they're giving you weekly plans. They're giving you weekly nutrition plans, fitness plans. They know what you like, what you don't like. So they're titrating various things along that, right? And we not only provide, you know, the entire uh, plans, right? We actually provide you, for instance, actually, even if it's fitness and no, I think other platform does it. We also provide you the right content for fitness and stress. So it won't be just do strength and conditioning yoga. We actually provide you the right content that you just need to do. Okay, so like a video that you can watch. Video, that's whole, And it can be live or DIY and all of it is tracked, right? We have these things where we can track your calories, everything. So all of that is given now, updated on a weekly basis or daily. And uh, the coach and user can just interact also on WhatsApp. We've done a very deep integration. They don't even need to do so. It's because people are coming there anytime. They can fill in the interventions there. Uh, they can log their meals, various things they can do. So all the data entry can happen through WhatsApp? Yeah, all of it can happen through WhatsApp. Do people like click a photo of what they're eating and upload it on the app? And, and then you have like a machine learning, a vision learning thing, which kind of guesstimates what is the calorie count. Yeah, I think in some level it's quite accurate nowadays. Uh, and people can also leave audio notes, whatever they want. Um, and then after this, obviously, all the small habits and interventions are given. That's also tracked and you can be able to see your progress. There's various gamification that's done as well. Uh, there's a whole, also obviously for people, community, you know, to understand uh, how people are doing as well. Um, so this ongoing, and again, obviously for various people, it may differ, right? Uh, when the week happens. Then after this, obviously, during this period to again, measure your normal sugar levels, the coach may, we give you a glucometer strip. So whenever that needs to be happening, you can, periodic doctor consults are happening. All the content is going. Um, and then also every three months you have your whole, um, uh, blood test again, right? To see what is your progress, how are you doing? Um, and then also to to solve for, uh, yeah, so every three months you have this HbA1c and SPS test to see what's your progress. Um, during this time is when along this journey, hopefully for many people in three to six months, they either off medication or significantly reduce, either off insulin or significantly reduced insulin, right? So this is where they see a lot of these things. Uh, even after the 14-day CGM, the doctor will be there to guide the user, to tell them what went wrong, what went right. So all of that is there. And obviously all the data we are getting right through all your fitness devices. Like we have all these parameters, uh, which are throwing up the right insights, what you need to do, what, what you should do. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in, that is T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-M dot I-N for a complete list of all our shows. Before we end the episode, I want to share a bit about my journey as a podcaster. I started podcasting in 2020 and in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to interview more than 250 founders who are shaping India's future across sectors. If you also want to speak to the best minds in your field and build an enviable network, then you must consider becoming a podcaster. And the first step to becoming a podcaster starts with Zencaster, which takes care of all the nuts and bolts of podcasting from remote recording to editing to distribution and finally monetization. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash founder thesis. That's zen.ai slash founder thesis.